five national championships, five gold medals, 42 years of sustained excellence. Welcome to Leadership Lessons from the Go, a special series on the Ed Leader Podcast featuring your host, Dr. Rob Jackson, with special guest, JJ Jackson. Let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. I hope that in every regular and every special episode of the Ed Leader Podcast, you hear a values-based, people-centric, servant leadership philosophy permeating every single conversation. It seems like in our world today, there's a leadership deficit. Perhaps we might say there's a values deficit. Now, I'm not going to jump on a soapbox or start preaching about the values we should have or any of those sorts of things, but I do believe that there's never been a time where we have needed leaders more than we do today. Regardless of the field, leadership matters. We need great leaders. This special series of the Ed Leader Podcast is one I am incredibly excited about. Leading with the Heart, based on a book by my hero, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, is one that I'm excited to get into as we parse the lessons on leadership that he shared through his writing. He's actually written five books, all just amazing and well worth the time to read them. Mike Krzyzewski, though. Why in the world should we pay attention to what a basketball coach has to say about leadership? Well, he's a basketball coach that's a five-time NCAA champion, five-time coach of Olympic gold medal winning teams, two-time FIBA World Cup gold medal winners, twice inducted into Basketball Halls of Fame, three-time Naismith College Coach of the Year, all-time leader in wins in college basketball, regardless of the level. His accolades go on and on and on. So clearly, he has mastered his craft. Clearly, he has been able to sustain in leadership a challenge, particularly in education, when we think about the average tenure of a superintendent and really the average tenure of a principal in the building, sustainability of leadership is something that's a great challenge and one that all too often we're failing at. But Coach K, he's not failed at that. He sustained in leadership over four decades at Duke University. And so taking the time to learn from him about leadership is something that I am excited about. Jack Welch said, before you're a leader, success is all about growing yourself. When you become a leader, success is all about growing others. And growing others is what this podcast is about. Growing myself as a leader, growing each of our listeners as a leader, growing all of our guests as leaders. And for this special series of the Ed Leader Podcast, I have a very special guest one that I'm looking forward to spending time with. His name, J.J. Jackson, or as I know him, Joshua. Joshua is my son. 
He is an incredibly successful sports broadcaster with a daily radio show. He does quite a bit of play-by-play work in various sports. He's the host of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. He is someone who can say that he spent time one-on-one with Coach K because of the leader Coach K is. I'm sure we'll get into that story and many more on this special series on the Ed Leader podcast. For now, let's go. I'm so excited to sit down with my son, JJ, to talk about leadership. Now, JJ, to me, is known as Joshua, but he is JJ to the rest of the world. And so we'll go with that. JJ, you are the very first person to actually be a two-time guest on the Ed Leader Podcast. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. I just wanted to beat my brother, uh, who joined me for my first appearance on the Ed Leader Podcast, so I'm happy to do this adventure solo. As much as I love Elijah, I can handle this spot on my own. There you go. There you go. That was the third episode, actually, of Ed that Leader. That really was fun. We need to do that again with the three of us. You know, it really was. And on that episode, as I recall, we talked about rigor, relationships, and we really got into the experience you had as students. And so certainly for our listeners who may not have heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because we had a lot of fun talking about education from a student's point of view and how that prepared both of you for the world. We always say the more Jacksons, the merrier, Dad. So there you go. That was a there good you one. go. There you go. Team Jackson. Well, speaking of Team Jackson, Joshua, we're spending this special series of the Ed Leader podcast talking about someone who's very special to you and I, Coach Mike Shashevsky. Joshua, JJ, as he's known to everyone else, hosts the Locked On Blue Devils podcast and really spends a lot of time following all of Duke athletics and doing an incredible job, as a dad would be want to say. Thanks taking care of ensuring the rest of us know everything that's going on with Duke Athletics. There was a shock heard round the basketball world earlier this year for Duke Athletics. What was that, JJ? Yeah, Coach K is going to retire at the end of this upcoming season. A lot of people were wondering when this day would come as he's set to turn 75 years old in February of, of 2022. So you knew something like this was coming. As you mentioned in the intro to this series, he's been at Duke for over four decades so Coach K decided now's as good as ever. Uh, he wants to spend more time with his 10 grandkids, his three daughters, their extended family, and uh, just felt like this was the best place and time to step away. And then recruiting is so important in the world of college athletics, and uh, Coach K felt like he couldn't lie to his recruits or not have an answer when they asked him, are you going to be here for all four years and that sort of thing. Wanted to be honest, wanted to get the plan in place so we know John Shire's taking over. But that was the news heard around the basketball world, is that at the end of this upcoming college basketball season, in April of 2022, Mike Krzyzewski will no longer be the head men's basketball coach at Duke University. That's hard to hear. That's hard to believe because, as you've shared on Locked on Blue Devils, your podcast, we can't imagine Duke University men's basketball without Coach K or Coach K without Duke University men's basketball. And so, really, for many people, yourself included, He has always been the coach of Duke University. It's an entire generation. Team. It's it's as I'm 25 years old, a whole group of us only know Duke and Coach K. We don't know what it was like before he was around. It's going to be uh, kind of weird and different to see this new era. Uh, it's 
a little similar that they're going to stay in the family with John Shire taking over as the head coach. But yeah, I mean, all we know is Coach K being on the sidelines inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's why they named it the Coach K Court is because he's been there for so long. And so it's going to be definitely weird to see. I tell you what, JJ, we have many intersections in our lives with Coach K and his family, and we'll weave that into this special series to talk about why he is so special to us as a person. You mentioned him not wanting to be disingenuous with his recruits. He's a man of integrity. He's a man whose values are on display, and after 40 45 years as the coach of Duke University Blue Devils, we could say we know his values based on his actions. One of my friends, Dr. Tanya Turner, says often that you can talk the talk, you can walk the talk, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And essentially what that means is your actions really tell us who you are, and his actions do that. And so I want to hold up him as a model of leadership. J.J., why in the world should someone who's not a basketball fan, not a Duke University basketball fan, maybe not a fan of athletics, care about Coach K as a leader? What qualifies him for GOAT status? GOAT, of course, greatest of all time. Why in the world should we care? Yeah, I think GOAT and the the leadership standard might be tough to to sort of come to be, but GOAT in basketball sense very much so. Is he's got the most wins all time in the history of college basketball, five national championships, as you also pointed out in your uh, open there, and uh, the head coach of the Olympics. What makes him so qualified to be a great leader is because he is taking such a pivotal part in young men's lives as they leave the house for the first time at the age of 18 and decide to go off to college. He's responsible for them winning basketball games, but more importantly, turning them into successful men of society, and he's certainly done that over his years. I tell you what, JJ, so you mentioned that he, as a basketball coach, as a college coach, goes and sits down in living rooms with families and tells mom and dad or grandma or the loved one who cares for this young man, trust me with your child's future. And often these are really big futures. These are future millionaires who are going to make a lot of money playing basketball professionally. And he says, trust me. Why in the world should these parents and grandparents trust him? Why do they trust him? Why in the world are these five-star players year after year going to play for Coach K? I mean, you could just point to everything that his players have been able to do on the court. I mean, you just point to success, the number of draft picks, the number of championships they've won, the number of... uh, really just numbers. It's a numbers game at that point. When you have trust... You want to have data to back it up, and he absolutely has the data when you look at the number of players that he's put into the league. Absolutely. He truly does. The book we're going to spend time digging into as we go through this special series is called Leading with the Heart. And of course, I absolutely love that when we start talking about leadership, one, but leading with the heart and how important that is as it connotes things like relationships and caring and grace and Grace and caring may not be the words that spring to mind if you've seen him on the sidelines, as passionate as he is, particularly if you're a fan of the other team, but I would say he certainly leads with the heart. One of the first statements that he makes in the book in terms of a leadership tenet is that we need as leaders to summon the courage to endure adversity and critics. 
And so I want to turn again to his career and ask you, J.J., as a fan, as a broadcaster, someone who covers Coach K, and he says that we should summon the courage to endure adversity and critics. How has he done with that? And I want to start by naming two schools, one, Lehigh University, and the other, Mercer University. And please start by telling our listeners why in the world I would name those schools and what he did when those schools came into his world. Yeah, I mean, you name those schools because those were upsets in the NCAA tournament when Duke was playing in, in various years um, over the, uh, his tenure at Duke. They've made the tournament a number of years, from 1995 until 2019. They were in the tournament every single season, and they were upset those two years, once by Lehigh, once by Mercer, who do in fact have Division One programs, as the world came to know. And so they did have a lot of adversity. They did have a lot of uh, criticism thrown their way at the program. How is Duke, how is a program that's won this many national championships, lost in the first round of the tournament to these games? And Coach K never shied away from it. They were outplayed. He always immediately gave credit in class and respect to the team and the opponent that took place. So that's who those two teams are. That's an example of Coach K accepting criticism and knowing we've got to be better from it. The year they lost to Mercer in 2014, you may ask, well, how did they get better from that? I'll tell you, they won the national championship the next year. Pause there. Pause there. That's what I really want to dig into that for just a second, JJ. They went from losing what round? The first round. The first round. The very first game, a game that they should have, we would think, when going away, like don't even watch it on TV, it's going to be boring, they're going to win. They lost that game. That truly was a moment of adversity. And he says we need to summon the courage to endure adversity and the critics because the critics came out in a major way talking about has Coach K lost it? Is it time for him to hang it up? And the next year, 2015, what happened? They won the national championship. They they went all the way. Uh, they had eight players that season who really bought into everything and were dominant. I, I hate to kind of take over the conversation for a moment, Dad, but thinking about the criticism and the adversity this team has gone through, I think it goes even further back to kind of speak to the leadership and how long Coach K has been around this basketball program. Let's go back to the first three seasons that he was in Durham. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. You may be generous yeah. with that, with that character characterization really of his not first good. three years. He had a, a ten and seventeen season. He had an eleven and seventeen season. That means ten wins, seventeen losses. Eleven wins, seventeen losses. This is a Duke program nowadays. His standards are: we better win twenty five, thirty, thirty five games in one season. And back then they were winning ten. And a lot wow. of people had no idea who this guy was coming from West Point, he starts his introductory press conference by spelling his last name for people because there were the level of critics. Who is this guy taking over an ACC institution? And he said, you know what, I'll just go out there. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Shows you how avid of Duke fans we are that we can spell Krzyzewski. But I think it goes all the way back to day one, Dad. This has been something that he's always seen is the criticism. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. And being able to live through that criticism and then to grow through that criticism and become better because of that criticism. And so to put it in the parlance of educators, 
This past year and a half has been incredibly difficult for everyone because of the pandemic. For educators, we've dealt with having to close our schools for the very first time in March of 2020, and then learning how to educate in a virtual environment or a hybrid environment or returning our schools face-to-face, and still we have challenges aplenty. And so we have had adversity. It's a moment where we can step up having faced that adversity, showing the courage to have grown through that adversity, and then move forward. Now, Coach K faced that adversity in 2014, came back, won a national championship in 2015. Imagine if we follow that pathway, if we went from the year of the pandemic to all that lies ahead for us going ahead. And so that, to me, is extremely exciting. Now, this past year, JJ, thinking about 2020 for the Duke University basketball team. Now, you talked about the fact that you only know Coach K as the coach of the Duke University basketball team. You don't know anybody else in that role. Yeah. There's something else that you knew until this past March. What was that? Yeah, I mentioned it just a little bit ago. Folks caught it, but they were in the NCAA tournament every year that I was alive. The last time Duke did not make the NCAA tournament, which is where we're talking about these upset losses to Lehigh, to Mercer, a tournament that he has won five times, from March of 1995 was the last time he did not make the NCAA tournament. I came into the world in November of 1995, every tournament after I was born, Duke was a part of it. In 2020, Duke was going to be a two seed, a one seed. They were going to be a top seed in the entire country before the tournament was canceled due to COVID-19. And then this past year that just came and went the first year back for college basketball, they didn't make the tournament. The first time in my life, I had to find out that yes, there is still an NCAA tournament if Duke isn't playing. They do still continue the proceedings <laughs> and have schools field 64 teams to, to get up there and going. But yeah, I had to see Duke play or not make it into the NCAA tournament for the first time in my life. And so for the Duke University program and for Coach K as a leader, he faces this entire this time of adversity. They don't make the tournament and we're used to them winning the tournament, being the number one team in the land and they don't make it. He knows retirement is right there. He could have, with his five national championships and all the gold medals that he's coached teams to and his Hall of Fame inductions and all of the many accolades that he has earned over four-plus decades, he could have headed to the house. Other coaches certainly did, but that's not the choice he made. And again, what was that choice that he made, J.J.? Like we said earlier at the start, it's one more year that he's going to coach Duke basketball, and then walk away. He wants one last ride. He wants to kind of get back out and get back into the NCAA tournament, see if they can win a a sixth national championship for the school, his sixth. But again, it'll be the first for this new team that he's putting together. So uh, that's the decision he made. He's going to have one more year, but he's not going to let this last year be his last one before he heads out. I love that. I love that. He's not willing to go out in the middle of a crisis, he wants to be there to serve one more year. Perhaps we hope, as Duke fans, that he's going to win a national championship yep. and go out that way. But even still, he's going to be there for one last ride. I think there's one other point we'll, we'll make, and then we'll draw our conversation to an end. And that is that by announcing his retirement when he did, 
it allowed for another announcement to be made the next day. And what was that announcement? That John Shire would take over as the head coach, someone that he both coached and advised as uh, someone he put as an associate head coach on his staff. So um, we know who the next head coach would be. He's got a succession plan in place. He's going to be able to work with John Shire over this next season to make sure he's fully ready and prepared for the transition to head coach. And then uh, Coach K will stay around. Durham will stay around the Duke basketball program, but just not be the guy in head to, in day-to-day operations. It'll be John Shire. I love that as a leader. As I think about my own opportunities as an educational leader, thinking about the sustainability of the school, the sustainability of the school system, the sustainability of the organization, ensuring that the next generation is ready to step forward is so very important. We know that we stand on the shoulders of giants. We have the opportunity for a moment to put on the mantle of leadership, knowing that we will hand it off to someone else. Coach K knows that time is coming for him, and so he wanted one more opportunity to spend time with Coach Shire to help him prepare for that big moment to wear that heavy mantle, and I certainly appreciate that, and I think there's a lesson for all of us as leaders that we need to spend time investing in those who will come behind us. I hope that you've enjoyed this first episode on our special episode on Leading with the Heart with my son, someone I admire greatly, obviously, J.J. Jackson, as we spend time talking about leadership lessons from the GOAT, Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ed Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.